G'day everyone, I'm Brett Morrison and welcome to the Leadership Sensei radio show. Welcome back, this is a small business podcast where we look at the many facets of what it means to run, own and lead a small business, but also what it means to be a leader, not only of your business and your corporation, but also a leader of yourself and being the example for those that are with you in your life and also on your team. Thanks for joining us, welcome aboard and I hope you enjoy the show. This week's episode is almost a rerun of a, a similar episode that I did back at episode number 12. So I know there's only a few, about five or six episodes back, but this one comes from a radio show that my wife and I have just recently started called The Wellness Couch on Apollo Bay Radio, which is 87.6 FM if you want to tune in and listen to it. It's on a Thursday night between 6.30 and 7.30 each week. So for those that do want to tune in, you can stream it live on 3abr.org. Or if you have the TuneIn app, which you can get from any of the app stores, as I say, there's an app for it. Uh, it's, 80, it's Apollo Bay Radio 87.6. But the content I'm going over is about how do we stop living our life as if life is happening to us, as if we're out of control and our life is predestined for everything that happens to us, good, bad, or indifferent. Where we start moving out of you know, this blame cycle that you know life is so bad, everything happens to us, to a place where... We create our own future. We create our own destiny. It's a far more empowering place to come from. So throughout throughout this um, episode, you'll hear my wife asking questions, which has just caused me to go a little bit deeper down the rabbit hole on certain aspects, which I don't think I did as much in the previous uh, episode that I covered this content off with. So I hope you enjoy. Sit back, listen up, put your feet up, get a good cuppa, and enjoy the show. Okay, you're listening to 3ABR, The Wellness Couch with Katarina and Brett Morrison. We're your hosts for the next hour and we'll be talking about mindset and positive thinking. Uh, I just want to introduce you now to um, some uh, thoughts on the way they produce neurochemicals. So so you can see there won't uh, be any fluffy stuff going on. Uh, a thought is a electrochemical vent that takes place in your nerve cells and it produces a cascade of psychological changes. Whew, and there are thousands upon thousands of receptors on each cell in our body. In fact, each receptor is specific to one protein. Well, to simplify this, uh, when we have feelings of being angry or sadness or you feel guilt, um, there's excitement, happiness or nervousness, in fact, any um, emotion, each separate emotion, that's right, each emotion releases its own flurry of neuropeptides. Now, they surge through your body and connect with receptors which change the structure of the cell in your body as a whole. And where this actually gets interesting is that uh, when those cells divide, I wish I could show you this on, on a board, but when the actual cells divide, if it's exposed to one peptide more than the others, the new cell produced through division will, um, will have receptors that match a specific peptide. It's like its preferential best friend. So what does that all mean? Um, so if you've been bombarding your cells with peptides produced by you know, your negative thoughts or you are literally programming your cells to receive more of the same negative peptides in the future, if it becomes, um, it, well it actually does become neurochemical. So the oh no factor is that you're lessening the number of receptors making yourself more inclined uh, toward negativity. We know that every cell in your body is replaced every two months, right? Yep, everyone knows that. So the good news though is that you can reprogram your pessimistic nature or cells to be more optimistic by adopting a more positive thinking practice for permanent results. Now I'd love to talk to you about epigenetics and what you inherit from your parents um, and those negative thought patterns. 
I think um, that's a topic that needs to be talked on on its own. So I'll leave that for another day. So what are you broadcasting today? Uh, what are you continually focusing on? What have you thought about today? The thoughts that you think are the electrical charge in the quantum field. So I'll talk a little bit about the quantum field, how these uh, thoughts um, appear. The feelings that you emote are the magnetic charge in the quantum field. So how you think and feel actually broadcasts an electrical signature out there to the universe that influences every single atom in your life. The thought sends a sing signal out and the feeling draws the event back to you. Um, so I ask you again today, what are you broadcasting today? Are you broadcasting suffering, pain, upheavals? Um, a lot of people uh, put out there or project that they're not light. Do you always feel like that you're ill? Those feelings draw on more experiences of the same for you to experience until you change your thought programming. So what are you broadcasting? Think about your thoughts and your feelings. What have you thought about today? What keeps spinning around in your head or your behavior? Now to reset a program, you have to continuously develop a set of different behaviors that set off a different set of biochemical, neurochemical reactions in your nervous system. Um, this way it becomes embedded into your brain and system to become automated. You want those neurochemicals to behave um, in an automated way. Now, um, I always get people to do a challenge. This is a great challenge to become aware of themselves and how their thinking patterns um, operate. So let's do a 24 hour challenge. Uh, so for, let's do, for the next 24 hours, let's try no complaining, no negative thought, no negative emotions, um, and no destructive behavior to yourself or anyone else. And that means no negative self-talk. Um, and it does seem like a feat, but the awareness is the beginning of change. So just please, just try it. Um, because it does initiate the beginnings of great habits, thoughts, emotions. It sets off a different set of biochemical reactions in your body that enters your life. Um, and you will feel different. You'll get a glimpse of what is possible and how a new trajectory for you actually feels like. And you'll, you'll find that um, the influences around you will actually change as well. It's not always easy. I still have to transmit negative focus sometimes and turn it into a positive. It's not fair. It's about being aware. And it does become easier with practice. That's the whole thing. You need to practice. Um, so, for example, if a negative thought pops up for me, I just recognize it. I thank it. I tell it it's no longer required. And um, I send it off by focusing on one or two positive thoughts about the situation or myself um, that I'm in. So I focus where I want to be, like I am already there. I'd love to have your feedback on this one. Uh, text me on 0419597913 until we become um, phone interactive. Now, after the break, we'll have Brett Morrison, exec executive coach, ultramarathon runner of the GAL, right here, the Great Ocean Walk, the 100km. He'll talk about mindset above and below the line thinking. For now, um, enjoy Stars by Coldplay. Yeah, welcome back to Apollo Bay Radio. You're listening to Cat and... Brett Morrison on the wellness couch. So before the break, Kat was talking about some of the things that we can do to control our thoughts. And I have to say that over the last decade or so, I've had the privilege and honor to be an executive coach for, for many, many people. And one of the things that I've seen that's fairly consistent throughout all of that is that there are people in life who live their lives at cause. And there are other people who live the majority of their life living at effect. So what I mean by that is that people who live at cause feel that they create 
their results. They're the ones that are responsible for the, for the success in their lives, for all the outcomes, but they're also responsible for the opportunities that they create. It's not luck. And actually, most of those people say the harder they work, the luckier they get. So they definitely feel that they have a responsibility around the results that they get in their life. Now, for those that live in, at effect, they're slightly different. They start to feel that life happens to them. They don't feel like they're in control of the things that are going on in their life. And if you talk to them about the things or how life is going, they go, oh, look, things are out of control. You've got no idea. And the reality is, is that look, for them, that, that is very, very real. And the difference that I see is that even when they have their failures, it's somebody else's fault. Whereas people who live at course, they will even own their own failures. So when something bad happens to them, they go, yeah, look, I did X or Y, didn't get the outcome I was looking for. But those that live at effect are going, hey, it's somebody else's fault. The stars didn't align, the planets didn't align. And so they definitely don't take responsibility for the things that are happening in their life. In fact, they feel that life has nothing to do with their actions and life happens to them. And in many ways, they feel that their life is predetermined, so why bother trying to change the course of it? So when we see that people are living at cause, you know, looking at the model that we'll be talking about tonight, we say that they are living above the line. And those that live at effect, we say are living below the line. So I just want to go quickly through some of the behaviours of that you can see for people that live below the line. And as we go through this, you may even identify with some of these, or you may even know people that you know closely or know through work, and you can see some of these behaviours play out. And you know, you might even start putting names to some of these behaviours as we go through. But the key is not to be judgmental around that. It is what it is, right? So some of the things that we see when people are living below the line is that they come up with reasons why things haven't happened. There's always an excuse. Um, it's never really their fault. It's always someone else's fault. So they start to lay blame on other people uh, as opposed to just taking accountability. Taking accountability. Yeah, absolutely. And also, unfortunately, they start to gossip as well. So you talk, you hear about the uh, phrase, the, the water cooler talk. So instead of talking positive things about people, they'll be the ones going, oh, can you believe that, you know? He's, he's wearing that tie with that suit. Or how could he possibly do that? <laughs> you know, so it's all the sort of things that will bring people down. And it's just gossiping, which really has no value add to either their lives or the lives of others. They also lack responsibility. So when things do happen, it'll be someone else's fault. If they don't get their reporting on time, or they haven't done something on time, or they haven't lived up to, up to a promise that they've given, it's not their fault. There's always a reason why something has happened or something has hopped in the way. You know, they've been too busy because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah, that sounds like uh, they get addicted to those neurochemicals that I talked about and the regular patterns of neurochemicals form. Okay, yeah. So it projects that uh, negative thought. Well, they absolutely do. And I'll go into a little bit more detail around that um, probably just after we go through the full model because there is a, definitely a connection between people's thought patterns and the way that it gets reinforced throughout the whole body. Mm. So they'll also try to justify their position, which is an interesting one. They'll always come up with, okay, well, I did that because of X, Y, and Z, as opposed to going, yep, sorry, that didn't work, my bad, which is a different headspace to be in altogether. So they'll start to blame people, they'll start to justify their, you know, the reason that they're doing stuff, they'll actually come up with reasons why they're doing something and they start making lots of excuses. Now, some of them are very 
are talented at doing this and they may not even come across as excuses. But when you see it as the bottom line, they really are making excuses for why they're not getting the results either in any, any area of their health, of their life. Sorry, but um, most of these people don't have an awareness that they're doing that either. Uh, absolutely not. This is, this is all happening on an unconscious level, which is an interesting way that it plays out. Um, and even when you do highlight that to or bring it to their conscious awareness, that's when they can start to justify the behaviour in itself because they end up having a whole identity wrapped around where they sit in this particular area. Uh, they also have what we call a lack mentality, so there's never enough. You know, they're definitely the people that say, what about me? Why didn't I get this? Why can't I have that? Uh, as opposed to going, gee, there's enough for everybody. You know, in, in, I know in the business coaching space, when I'm talking to, to, like, to clients who are building their business, they go, you know, another competitor startup. Can you believe that's happening? I say, well, look, there's enough for everybody to go around. You know, it doesn't matter how many businesses of the same type are in an area. Like if you have the clientele and you're adding value, you'll create a community around that. They also like being in their comfort zone. Now, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, how, how can I put this? Like, they don't find it of value add to their life to get outside that comfort zone. They don't like to challenge themselves and they'll find reasons to avoid those challenges. And they feel safe. They do. They do look for that safe environment. And there's a whole heap of uh, personality work that has gone on in, in the psychology field that also supports this. So not only is this a mindset, it can also, also be behavioral patterns as well that go in and support this as well. They tend to see a lot of failure in, in life. And Sorry, do you mean they, they're exposed to a lot of failure? They create a lot of failure in their lives? Well, they don't create it because they don't see it's that, that okay. they're creating it. But again, it on, happens a, around on a on conscious level, they, okay. do see, they do have it around them. They, they will see failure as opposed to seeing an opportunity to learn. So when something bad happens to them, they have failed. And a lot of people get stuck in that failure. And because they are also past focus, so in this particular case, when we're talking below the line, some of the behavior that goes with that is actually past. being, being fo past yeah. focus. So when something happens in the, in the current moment, and it might be a, a moment of failure, they will go to the past to reconnect to a moment back where that has also failed, has also been a problem. And so it'll be a, a quick connection straight back to that, which will just reinforce why they have failed again today. So what you're saying is they're basically, they've got filters on and they anchor that uh, present moment uh, experience to their past. Yep, and it's, it's instantaneous because the body is full of neurotransmitters and it'll just be a, a quick reaction straight back because all, all the biochemicals will just support it all the way. But in their mind, the neural pathway has burnt so strongly into play that that's what they're focusing on. So they'll, they'll always see failure as opposed to the opportunity to learn. The thing is too though, if there's repetitive behavior, there's also repetitive biochemical changes like I explained previously. So they get addicted to that as well. It's not only just the addi like, addiction is part of it, but the more they do it, the more often that that connection comes through, the brain, the, the biochemicals, as you say, are actually burning a super highway through mm. the neural pathways. So it's not like a, a little synapse is just constantly shooting off. They have, they've actually created a super highway. So it can, you know, it's like a hose. If you want to get more water at the end of the hose, you just get a bigger hose yeah, or you get a bigger pipe. Neurotransmitted. And absolutely. And so what they've done is create this big pipeline for the 
for the biochemicals to flow down so it's an instantaneous reaction for them. You'll also find that they complain a fair bit, which is interesting because, hey, bad things are happening to them all the time. They're the people that say, oh, you all can't believe it. Bad things just always happen to me. Why is, why is it me? So this is part of that lack mentality that comes into it again. And they'll see problems all the time. And I do know people who are like this. They go, oh, you know, so-and-so's always got such bad luck. And if you talk to that other person, they don't even <laughs> see that bad luck. It's only, you know, the person who's relaying a story who is seeing the bad luck. So even, you, know, you hear stories about people who win the lotto and they go, oh, it's the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Well, you know, that's interesting that they would have that point of view because there's plenty of other people around the world that go, gee, I reckon I could do mm. something with that. Mm. You know, so there's an old saying, you know, when you get lemons, make lemonade. Well, these are the people that get lemonade and they'll turn it into lemons. You know, so they really do switch their view of the world. They'll reframe everything to see the negative, to see the failure that comes yeah, into it. Yeah, they're programmed that way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, so this they, is a model that you're looking at above, below the line. Yeah. Yeah. So they come from a very negative space pretty much around all of their life. And one of the really bad things about this is, well, maybe not bad things, but because there's no good, bad, or indifferent in amongst all of this, right? So one of the thoughts that they get their identity from is that they can play the victim. And you might think, well, mm. hey, this sounds like a really bad place to live. How, how do these people survive? Well, in actual fact, they're quite happy being there because it's their comfort zone. And when people are truly below the line people, they are happy to recruit because misery loves company. And so they will be the people around the water cooler who are trying to recruit people to come onto their side, to come onto their way of thinking. And as more and more people around them get negative, the happier they are because it justifies, again, we hear that word justify comes into it. It justifies their point of view. It justifies why they are being negative. So they do say that you're the sum, that there's a quote out there that says you're the sum of the five people that are closest to you. Is that true? That, that is true. And we'll cover that off right at the end. So there's actually one of the things I think is very important, um, having awareness around that whole idea that we are the sum of the five people or the some of the, the energy of the five people that we hang out with. In success literature, they talk about, you know, your wealth is normally the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. Uh, you know, your happiness is probably, you know, modeled after the five people that you hang around with. The energy levels that you have are, are similar to or the average of the five people that you spend the most time with because you'll hang out with people that are like you. We tend to like people that like us or who understand us, who get us in inverted commas because that's where we close, most closely align. And in the quantum field, obviously, your energy will affect another person's energy and vice versa. It, it the does. Frequency. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so when we start talking about you know, all this stuff, it's not so much that they think it's a bad space to be in, it's just that that's where they are comfortable as we, as we wrap up. So after the break, we'll come back and we'll start talking about the type of behaviours that you'll see when we go above the line. And you're listening to 3ABR, Apollo Bay Radio, and that was the script, Superheroes. We have uh, Brett Morrison with me uh, from the Wellness Couch. Uh, we're the host for the next hour until 6.30. We're talking about mindset and positive thinking. Yeah, thanks, Kat. So before the break, we talked about the behaviours that you would normally see for people that are living below the line. So what I'd like to do now is let's flip that over and have a look at the type of behaviours that you'd see for people that are living above the line. And before the break, when we introduced, we talked about those who are living above the line are those people that live at core. So they believe that they have 
responsibility in getting the results that they get in their life. So it's probably not going to surprise you too much that the behaviors above the line are pretty much the opposite of those below the line. So where people come up with reasons below the line, above the line they're looking and focusing on results. So quite often in this space, you know, they'll be re very results and they'll be very outcome focused type people. Um, a lot of entrepreneurs tend to fit into this space because hey, that's what they focus on. They're not really worried about the story. Quite often you'll see them, they'll just cut people off or they'll walk away. Um, what they really want to focus on is what results are you getting and how you're doing it. Yeah, that's amazing. I've met some incredible people who don't believe in themselves and I've met some superstars who have uh, mediocre talent. So what do you think makes an individual successful in regards to that mindset? I think that's where you're going. Yeah, look, I think that probably touches on one of the universal fears uh, which comes up, which is that fear of being found out. And that's really like the imposter syndrome. Um, there's some people that have true talents and true gifts, but they're that afraid of being found out. They think they're going to be caught out for not knowing something. But the reality is that we can't know everything. And there's going to be a moment in life when you get asked a question and you're just not going to know the answer to it. Um, look, I've been up instructing and teaching and training now for close to two decades, probably probably over that now, 20 years. And I can remember the very first course that I had to teach. It was uh, two weeks long. We were running from eight o'clock in the morning till five o'clock at night, having a, like a 45 minute lunch break. And it was on a topic I had no idea around. I literally had two weeks to get to know the topic. Um, and that was actually by being a participant on the course three weeks before I started my first course of teaching it. And people would ask me questions and I just had to say, hey, I don't know. And so you will find people that have a gift, but because they're so worried about what other people are thinking, they're so worried about being found out about something or not knowing something that they think that their whole reputation will fall apart. But in actual fact, most people just don't care. Most people are just happy to get given and get have the knowledge shared with them. And there's other people that don't have as much talent, but they go on to great success, and that's because they back themselves. They just believe in getting the results. They focus on the outcome. They're not worried about all the reasons why they can't do it. They're not worried about, you know, people talking about them. They're not talking about, they're not worried about what people are saying about them at the water cooler. They're not blaming other people or blaming, mm. you know, the alignment of the stars to get somewhere. They just mm. focus on the results. They know what they want in life and they'll work out a way to achieve it. Yeah, I totally agree. Focus on the outcome and where you want to go, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's where they become very responsible and accountable to themselves. Oh, they're not responsible and accountable to other people. They don't believe that they need to be answering to other people. They, you know, the hardest place to be is actually being accountable to themselves in life. So below the line where they lack responsibility, above the line, they are responsible for their own actions. Yeah. Oh, you know, that song just, um, the Superheroes by the script that was just on, um, that every day, every hour, I turn that pain into power. I just love that verse. Um, a lot of people experience pain in their life. How can they turn this around as a positive with that type of mindset reframing that we're talking about? Yeah, look, many, 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 many years ago, there's a king who um, grew, obviously had, obviously had his kingdom, and he, he realised that there's a lot of bad things that happen to people, and he didn't want his son, the prince, to experience any of that. So he made sure that his kingdom was very secure and never let his son out. But he made sure that everything was done for his son. So every experience in life was going to be good. And as, this, as the, the prince grew up, um, and look, I am condensing this, this story. And for those that are familiar with it, please don't get too upset if I, I make a hash of it. But um, the story goes is that the prince eventually 
got out of the kingdom. He got outside the walls one day and saw a lot of poverty, saw a lot of begging on the streets. And this, this greatly concerned him to the point where one stage he actually ran away and lived on the street amongst all of the beggars and, and the homeless. And then he worked out that, hey, that wasn't so good either. And anyway, for those that are familiar for the story, are aware that you know, this prince came on, went on to be the Buddha. And the story in that, or the, I guess the, the learning in that, is that pain is part of life. If you don't have pain in your life, you have no reference for what is good. If all you ever experience is good, then that, that becomes normal. And then after a while, it becomes boring. So you need to have challenges in your life. So there is a blessing in all types of pain. Now, I know that people have chronic pain, and, and that can be very difficult mm. to, to, to live with. Definitely. Um, but somewhere there will be a learning in amongst that. And so it's about reframing that. And for the people that, I guess, in the community that I hang out with, pain is really seen as a challenge and it's about testing ourselves to where we can push our limits to because the the human body can experience you know fairly extreme like actually very extreme levels of pain well and you've we got an amazing on. mindset i mean running the 100 kilometer um, gradation walk we're talking about running mountains running through sand water up hills at yeah, so 300 that, meters absolutely but that look that was a challenge and like it's um probably not that massive compared to some of the people that i hang out with um, it's probably one of the smaller, smaller marathons for considering some of the people. So some guys are running 240Ks. Hello, from, Sean. Yeah. Hi, Sean, if you're listening in. Um, and some of them run from like the, literally, Ocean's Edge at Eden all the way to the top of Kosciuszko, and they do that non-stop. So it's about 240 kilometres. And that is literally a race that gets run every year in Australia. So you can imagine the elevation that goes over as you run for you know 30 to 40 hours just uphill. Um, but there are moments in amongst that that you challenge yourself and your mind will take you to the darkest points of your body and challenge why you're doing what you're doing and I believe part of that is about um, learning where your limits are because as you test yourself and as you challenge yourself you'll find new limits and you hold yourself to account so when when bad things happen in your life you go hey this isn't the you know this isn't so bad this isn't the worst thing that could possibly happen there are people out there who are always worse off than what you are and have experienced worse things than you have so we really have no right to complain about a lot of it. Right, so one of the other things that you find about above the line people is that they will respond to moments. So it's about choice. Whereas people below the line will react. And I think as Viktor Frankl had said, you know, one of the things as, as humans that we have this ability to find a choice between stimulus and response. And it's in that gap between stimulus and response that we have a moment to choose. And that is the power that we bring as you know, fully functioning humans is that, that gift of having the gap to choose. Mm. And we can choose what our mindset will be. We can choose how we respond <laughs> to, to, a, to a moment. Um, and I might touch on that a little bit more as we go through. So while our below the line behavior is all about externalizing and having other people you know, do things to them or life happening to them, our above the line people really internalize. They have an internal locus of control. So they believe they create their future. They believe they create their outcomes. They believe that they're responsible for getting the results in their life. Accountability. Absolutely, it's, it's full accountability. And they also hold themselves to account for the bad things that happen. They believe that there's things that they can learn. And we all do bad things. We all do, you know, we all make mistakes, but it's in, in those mistakes that we learn. You know, show me someone that's never made a mistake in your life and I'll show you someone that hasn't really lived yet. So you need to go out there and make mistakes and be you know, willing to accept your mistakes and learn from them. 
Now, I guess the only true mistake is the one that you keep making and not learning from. They also see challenges where below the line people see problems. Our above the line people will see opportunity. They'll, they'll see challenges and opportunities as well. They also have an abundance mentality. So there's always enough. There's always a new opportunity. There's always you know another door that's going to open up for them. And you might think this is a bit Pollyanna and you know um, <laughs> this whole idea of positive mindset, but the fact is that a lot of these people truly do believe this. And because it, I've seen evidence of it time and time again. Like well, it's I, backed by the neurochemicals, sorry. So that well, it is look, evidence it is, yeah. scientific. And, you know, we do talk about, you know, uh, in, in certain elements or certain areas of coaching, and, of course, I'm sure it's the same in psychology around the, the um, neuropeptides as well as that perception of, perception is projection. So what you put out into the universe, the universe will provide to you. So that's where this whole abundance mentality starts to play in. Like I know, as I was growing up, someone said to me that, hey, you're always so lucky, and I'm there going, look, I get the same number of doors and same number of opportunities as everyone else. 24 hours like someone else. Yeah, we do. We get the same. Yeah, we, but the thing is that some people, are, some people are happy to open those doors and go in and have a look, whereas other people let those opportunities just slide on by because it's not a place where they're safe. Because opening that door to the unknown can be a real challenge, and that's where our above-line people are really happy to live outside their comfort zone. As I was saying, you know, many of my podcasts over the last couple of months and also on my Facebook Lives post is uncomfortable to the new black. And the more uncomfortable that you can get yourself or be comfortable being uncomfortable, the more success that you'll start to see. Yeah, thanks, Kat. So just before the break, we are talking about some of the behaviours that you'd see normally being exhibited by people who live above the line. So I'm just going to carry on from where we left off. And so yeah, people who live above the line they don't necessarily see, see failure, they see failure as feedback. And some will actually say failure is the price that you pay for success because they see the learning in all the failure that they have. So in many ways they clock up their mistakes and they learn from those. They also are action takers. So when people come up and start complaining about the things in their life, as a coach, you'll hear coaches say, so what have you done about that? So it's not about what had someone else done about it, what, you know, what are you going to be, do about it, it's what have you done about it? So people that live above the line, they will take action and they will do something about it. In fact, if they're talking with you and you start complaining to them, they'll literally ask you the question, so what have you done about that? Not what someone else has done. What are you going to do? What have you done? They also are very positive. So they'll turn each, you know, any situation and find a learning. They'll find something positive in it, but also a positive outcome. They also future focus. So what I mean by that, so below the line we talked about being past focus, above the line being future to focus. So they're happy to take a guarantee. If you say you're going to do something for them and you and you make a promise, you give a handshake, for a lot of the people who live above the line, that's enough for them because they believe that the future is an opportunity. Whereas people who are below the line, they're past focus, they want to see proof. They really want to see the evidence of why or how something has worked or you know proof that you've done something in the past. Whereas above the line, they're future focus, they're happy to work with you based upon a guarantee. Also, you know, we touched on a little bit earlier in the show about people below the line playing the victim. And this this becomes really um, difficult because it becomes an identity for them. But really, you see people above the line and they are their own hero. Like Kat, you asked the question earlier about, you know, why are there some people that are probably mediocre in their skills, but they seem to get a lot mm. of success? Because yeah. they're prepared to be the hero of their life. And if you're not too sure what I'm talking about, if you talk about, you, there's Joseph Campbell, um, psychologist from you know, who wrote a book in the 50s, 
Hero of a Thousand Faces, I think it's called. But it's about the hero's journey, the eight steps of a hero's journey. If you're not too sure what that is, watch Star Wars. Because George <laughs> Lucas actually said you know, he based Star Wars, a movie, off, off of that book. So there's plenty of other movies over the years that have come out. Star Wars, The Matrix. And if you want to watch a kid's movie, watch Kung Fu Panda. Because it's still the hero's oh, journey. They're my favourites. Absolutely, as they go through. So while we're going through all this, you, know, you probably start to wonder, well, how do people live above the line and how many people live below the line? And, and you're probably going, well, sometimes I feel like I'm really positive, but other days I feel negative. Yeah. Well, you know, there's uh, 80, what they call the 80-20 rule or the Pareto principle, which is what they call the 80, uh, you know, 80% and 20%. So for me, and this has been my experience anyway, so about 15% of the people that I've coached probably live consistently below the line. Wow. That is a fair bit. And and if you look at the success literature, I'd say about 5% of the people live above the line. So when they talk about success, they say about 5% of people achieve success in whatever way they deem success to be. And that'll be different for every person. So that really does leave about 80% of the people. And for me, they live sort of on the line. So some days they'll have good days, some days they'll have bad days. And that's why sometimes you'll have a, a team that performs really well. They get together and everyone will just click but you'll find that there's a stronger personality in there. You'll find someone that has a really good energy about them and they're very positive and they'll bring everyone on a journey mm. with them. Mm, and definitely. There's, uh, absolutely. And then there's other people who recruit to the negative and then the, you know, half a dozen of the same people in a really well high-performing team will then be part of this really negative space. And sometimes it can just be you know, you're driving to work and someone cuts you off or you, know, you get your coffee and it's not the right temperature and you start going spiralling downhill into that negative space. Yeah, um, it's important then to also change your, your mindset behaviours and find a template. And um, by that, I mean finding someone you really look up to as a template um, that you want to become. Yeah, someone so you want to model or behave. Um, look, at first I struggled with this because um, I love originality, as you know, but um, and I don't think anyone should copy, but um, I think they should be authentic in themselves. What do you say about that? Yeah, look, modelling is a very powerful tool. Um, part of that too is... You know, I think you know you do need to be the hero of your own life, um, but at some points and times you do find challenges. And part of that hero's journey is actually gathering resources around you. And part of, one of those resources can be a really good mentor. But the key is not to put them on a pedestal and think that they're superhuman because we are all human. We all make mistakes. So what you do, you pick the particular part of their life that you want to model. So there are some people who are very successful in business but their personal life may not be that great. So you just emulate the positive. Absolutely. You take the part that you really want to get. And there might be people that have a fantastic relationship, so you model that part of their life. But in business, they might be pitiful, mm. so you don't model mm. that part. So you don't need to model the entire person. You don't need to model their entire life. You model the part that you want to take. And so you become an integration of a whole heap of parts. So as we look at the challenges around... Um, this above and below the line, there are some challenges that we have moving from below to above. And some of that is actually we are hardwired to think into that negative space. So there's a part of the brain called the amygdala. And it's literally three times bigger than the corresponding part of the brain that looks for the positive. So the amygdala looks after that fight and flight response part of the brain where we are looking at for things that are keeping us safe. So back in the old times, we're looking out for that saber-toothed tiger that's going to come along and chew us up. Um, it literally looked out for the danger. But these days, there's not too many saber-toothed tigers around. So a lot of those dangers that we perceive are now first world problems. So someone's cutting us off in traffic, boom. 
our negative, you know, our, our, our brain ticks over. Now, someone doesn't make our coffee the right way or we're standing in a long line, it's taken us too long because we didn't get out of bed early enough and all these things start to play out. So we have all these first world problems that become issues for us to start complaining about. And addictions too to the adrenaline and cortisol in response to flight flight. Yeah, and, and there's a reason for that because part of the reason is that the more you know, we find these issues and challenges, and not to mention that you know, the TV is just bombarding us with negative information all the time. So every news channel you go to is very rarely a good news story. It's always about you know, some car crash or you know, major traffic jam or someone being robbed or you know, physically hurt. Um, so the amygdala will actually grow in size because it then thinks that, hey, this is what we're constantly looking for. I think one of the next challenges is actually how we process the data. So Mahali Chek Mahali in his book Flow, you know, he talks about how every second we get two million bits of information coming into our brain, but we, the brain physically can't process that much information. In fact, he went on to say there's about 134 bits out of that two million bits that the brain can actually cope with at any one time. So, um, and if you want to add to that, there's probably only seven plus or minus two chunks. I was about to say that. Yeah, there's only seven plus or minus two chunks of new information that we can take on. So when you start talking about that two million bits, you'd be going, oh, that sounds like a lot, but think about it. There might be some birds outside, might be someone's shoes shuffling on the carpet, there might be a clock ticking in the background, there might be some paper rustling. And so all these things and noises that are going on, we have no real conscious awareness of because the brain sort of just blocks it out for us so we can actually deal with stuff as we go through life. Yeah, I know myself um, in clinic, um, in order for a client to be compliant or patient to be compliant, you can only really give them three to seven pieces of information. Absolutely. Otherwise, they won't be compliant. No, because it's too much for them. And they really just need to have it quite simply chunked down for mm, them exactly. so that they can go away and learn that. But it's like when you, you know, first drive a car. You think about the very first time you got in that car on your own, how many things were going through your mind? Have I got the indicator on? Have I got the seatbelt on? Have I got the mirror checking? But now, if you've been driving for 20 years, I guarantee you've probably driven home from work and gone, how did I get here? Because you've just been in a trance and everything is just so natural to you. So when you combine that with the fact that we probably have about 60,000 thoughts a day, of which 90% are the same as the day before, <laughs> our brain is just working overload. So how does it cope with that? So part of it is that we delete, we distort, and we generalize. So the unconscious mind is deleting, distorting all that information for you to cope with as, as we go through life. Um, which is quite... Interesting. So as it's deleting, distorting, and generalizing, it's looking for the things that it knows that you want to focus on. So we talked before about the whole body being full of transmitters. So every part of our body is full of transmitters, and you've got the biochemicals that are going mm. with that. Yeah, our, so we are the sum of our conscious and unconscious thoughts, essentially, as it goes through. And, and so we're creating these superhighways. The more we think about something, the stronger that superhighway becomes. So if you think that 90% of our thoughts are the same as the day before, you think, wow, that superhighway is getting really strong. Mm. So if you're thinking about negative stuff constantly, the unconscious mind will keep you safe and it'll go, okay, so now I now know that you want to think about negative stuff, so I will delete out all the positive experiences. It's not that the positive experiences stop happening to you because they Ooh, don't. Oh, that's dangerous. So your focus changes. Your focus has changed. Mm -hmm. And the unconscious is doing it for you because it quite literally cannot cope with all the information that's coming at it. And then everything that's been anchored yep. to a certain that, that negative yep. frame. So the anchors kick in, the filters kick in. The, the experiences of the day kick in. The unconscious bias mm -hmm. kicks in. And so 
what happens is that you're not even aware that the shift is starting to occur. You're not even aware that the mind is shutting out all these positive experiences. And if you want to see if this is true, get a piece of paper and in 15 seconds, write down five great things that happened to you today. <laughs> and then mm. once you finish that, in the next 15 seconds, write down five bad things that happened in you today. And my experience has been most people can write about a page of bad things mm, that happened to them right. in a day in 15 seconds, yeah. but they're struggling to get one or two really great things that happened to them in a day. It's not that the great things haven't happened to them, it's just that they're not aware of them anymore. They've just sort of de they've deleted them out of their conscious as not being that important to them, or they'll downplay them. Now, I've even met someone who represented the country in their sport, and that didn't come up on their list of great achievements. So they had deleted such a <laughs> level of achievement out of their, their conscious awareness. So we can't control the thoughts that come into our mind. But what we can do is then choose how we respond to that first thought. And we talked before about that, that gap, that ability to choose or have choice about what we think or that, that, that gift of choice between stimulus and response. Now there's some, been some great work recently come out, um, Nobel Prize winner in behavioral economics, and they, they start talking about choice architecture. So I'm not really across the law at the moment, but it's an interesting, new interesting field that I think would be great to explore a little bit further. Um, so what happens is that our neural pathways are getting burnt stronger and stronger. So the challenge now is how do we create nuance? How do we shift from yeah. below the line to above the line. Let's go to the positive. Briefly. Yeah, absolutely. So when we come, we'll just go to a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about how to move from the negative to the positive. Welcome back to Apollo Bay Radio, 87.6 FM. You're listening to The Wellness Couch with Kat and Brett Morrison. Thank God the windows in Chewed with all the singing around here. Yeah, absolutely. And so, but before the break, we were talking about <laughs> above and below the line and the type of behaviors that go with that. So the important part now is if you want to move from being in a negative space to being in a more positive space, if you want to move from reasons to results, if, you want to, if you're tired of being a victim of life and you want to become the hero of your own journey, how do you go about doing that? So I think it's really important how you start and finish your day. This becomes super important. You need to set yourself up for success. So how you start the day and how you finish the day will really impact the next day imperative yeah. absolutely and they say you know how you start the day will actually impact how you finish the day and even how you sleep at night so it becomes important to put some bookends around your day and even throughout the day as well so i think it's really important that you start the day by setting some intentions so you set up mm. the positive intentions the things that you want to achieve and this now, is as soon as you wake up absolutely so don't pick up your phone don't pick up your ipad leave that aside for at least 30 minutes after you get out. If you can leave for an hour, even better. You don't need to check your phone to find out what's going on outside. Look out the window. It's you know it's a big, brave world out there. Mm -hmm. So you can actually set your intentions about what you want to achieve. Now, we quite often overestimate what we can achieve in a day, but we underestimate what we can achieve in a year. So I'll say pick three big things that you want to achieve potentially for the week. But set your intentions, and this can be through a meditation. Sit down, spend some time, you can meditate, whether it's going to be a sitting meditation, a moving meditation, whatever that might be. The next part is to have some mindfulness practice. So just become aware of where you're, where you're at, where your body is at, and where your health is at. And this can be through learning how to breathe properly. Now you might think that everyone can breathe because otherwise we wouldn't be alive. 
but surprising number of people that don't breathe really well. So bringing this mindfulness practice into your life just brings awareness around who you are and how your body is operating. Or gratitude, uh, three things about your body that you're grateful for. Yeah, so we'll get to that in a second. So throughout the day, you know, we talk about emotion follows motion. So this is where that breath comes important because you're allowing the breath to move through the body and you can feel the energy flow through the body. Move it through the body and you'll find that your emotion then will flow through the body. You know, Kat, you talked earlier about how the body is full of neurotransmitters and how the biochemicals flow throughout the body. This is In your time to, to fill, those, yeah. fill your body with the positive emotions. And that can be around thinking back to a, a very positive experience, somewhere you felt super in charge, super motivated, super happy, whatever the, whatever the thing that you want to experience for that day, go back, tune into the, all of those feelings, how you felt, what you're seeing, what you're hearing at the time and just let it flood through the body. Yeah, it's not just thinking, it's feeling the Absolutely. emotion You're bringing too. It's all actually the feeling that positive yep. emotion. Remember what you were smelling mm. at the time, what what sounds were there, what colours were there, um, or the emotion that was you know in your stomach at the time. Really tap into all that anchor, and then anchor it back in. We talked earlier about the anchors that we have. Positive anchors are just as important, just as effective as the negative ones. So throughout the day, then it becomes really important to stop lying to yourself. Now that might sound a little bit harsh, but quite often through the day we'll start making reasons, we'll start making excuses, you just gotta stop. Hold yourself to account, stop lying to yourself about all the reasons why you can't do something. The reasons why you're not getting, well the results that you're getting are the result of the actions you take. So if you're not getting the results that you want, you need to take different actions. When the negative thoughts come in to your conscious awareness, now we talked about Okay, like I talked about before when she has negative things coming, she thanks it. Well, this is important because if you try to ignore it, the unconscious mind doesn't actually register the negative part, so it'll actually focus on it more. So just thank it. You thank your unconscious for sharing it, but today you're choosing to think about something positive and then talk about the thing that you want to focus on and bring your conscious awareness back into play and control your thoughts. And this is where that choice comes into play. The other one is, we talked earlier, you asked the question about the people that you hang out with. So we are the sum of the people that we hang out with, the energy that we hang out with. And that becomes really important though. You want to find people that will encourage you, support you, and even challenge you and hold you to account for the things that you do. This doesn't mean say you go out and burn your address book or in the new age you throw your iPhone <laughs> out in the ocean. No, you still keep your friends, but you'll find that as your life changes, the people around you will either change with you or they'll stop, start to drop off a little bit and new people will come into your life. People that will support you and grow, help you grow will start to find places in your life, which is a really interesting way that the universe works for us. Now, how you finish the day becomes really important. Now, this isn't something that you need to really do at the end of the day, but Kat, you mentioned before about you know, writing down the three things that you're grateful for. So for me, that's the way I like to finish my day. So the last thing before I go to bed, I like to pull out my gratitude journal. Oh, it's so important. It, it really is, and it really starts retraining the brain. So it's, mm. this is this is a way that there's there's a physical connection or a neuro neuro connection between the physicality of writing something down. So I'm not talking about typing it in on your computer. Get a pen, get a journal, physically write it down. There's a connection between the brain and the writing in your own language around what you're really grateful for. So what it does, it sets up a connection between your heart and your head, saying. This is what I'm grateful for. I now have a, uh, an attitude of abundance and, and gratitude in my life. 
and you're training the unconscious to burn a new neural pathway for this to occur. And so when you're burning this new neural pathway, the other superhighs will slowly die down. So if you ever see a road that hasn't been used for many years, it will deteriorate. So I'll say it's not there, it'll just deteriorate and the new ones become bigger and stronger. So as we think about all the things that we've talked about tonight, the important part is that we have the power of choice. That we do. You know, the power of choice resides with each and every single one of us. Um, and so if you're not so much an audio person, you like reading, you can find a lot of this information on the Leadership Sensei or... Yep, so I do run a podcast called the Leadership Sensei Radio. You can see, I download that on iTunes. Civilized Savage. Um, some, I haven't got that podcast up and running just yet, but on Facebook I do have um, the Leadership Sensei. You can go to Facebook and see a lot of this information there. Also on the leadershipsensei.com. But they're also on your website being in Amazonia, uh, Your Best Health Ever. Yep. And on the Facebook page, my Facebook page, you'll find a lot of this information. Also. Which is? Katarina Morrison. Naturopath. So you, yep. have, you have your professional page? Yep. Okay, now it, uh, they do say that it takes a village to run, uh, to look after a child, but in this case it takes a village to look after a radio station. So I want to thank Caroline for um, uh, mentoring me, and I want to thank our little... Uh, little poppet here, Angelique, who looks after the buttons and helps me with the mic, and Chris Dell actually um, looks after the music for me, so fantastic effort uh, to make this radio show happen. So you're listening to 87.6 FM ABR, and it's goodbye for tonight, and we'll see you next Thursday at 6.30. Well, there we go. We've wrapped up another podcast. Thank you for staying with us, and for if you're a new person coming in to listen to a new listener, thank you for joining us here at the Leadership Sensei Radio. If you're a repeat listener, thank you so much for doing that. Thank you for joining us again, and I hope you got great value once again from that. And also, let's say, again, thank you to my listeners all around the world. You make a big difference. It makes it really meaningful for me to know that there are actually people tuning in and listening. If I can ask you to, please subscribe on whatever platform that might be, whether it be iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher, whatever platform that you're listening to this on. If you haven't joined me and joined our community, at, on Facebook, please also do that. You can find me at the Leadership Sensei on Facebook. Most days I do have a short video going up and I do put other content up there at various times as well. So thank you again. Have a great week. I'll see you next time.